You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, NASA Choby. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk, the recap edition. Unfortunately, the Seahawks could not get it done, falling to the Raiders in painful fashion in overtime at Lumen Field on Sunday, losing 40-34. to It was a crazy game. Defensively, the Seahawks gave up a ton of yards. They were right there, despite everything, had tons of chances to win the game. Unfortunately, it just did not go their way. So we'll waste no time, get right into the game. What had happened? See, what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. Bump, if you had no rooting interest in this game, it was one hell of a football game. That was a good old-fashioned yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Lots of points, lots of big plays. But uh, we cheer and work for the Seahawks, so for us it wasn't that great. Nah, you know, it was not. <laughs> it was not, man. You said it, I think, to open the post game. It was a kick in the gut. It felt like you got yeah. hit and you just couldn't get up because it was a game you thought the Seahawks on paper were going to win. We talked about it on the preview podcast. You know, the Raiders have a lot of good players. They just weren't putting it together at the end of games. That being said, I still think the Seahawks should have won the game. Fortunately, it didn't go their way. But, Bump, things could not have started any better. First play of the game, Quandre Diggs, been waiting for it all season, gets a diving, leaping interception, gets up, runs it back. Boom, two plays later, Ken Walker's in the end zone. So you're thinking, okay, we're feeling good. You know what I'm saying? Derek yeah. Carr had only had, had not thrown an interception in 127 straight pass attempts. Lumenfield was rocking. Things were going good, up 7 nothing, and you thought they were going to put the hammer on the Raiders' bump, but unfortunately the Raiders came right back. No, Raiders would come back. They go 11 plays, 75 yards, and they hit Amir Abdullah on a nice little swing slash wheel route. I think it was a swing route, and then it converted to a wheel route once he saw Diggs flying downhill. Nice little throw by Derek Carr. And then after Seahawks punt, man, Quandre Diggs got his second interception of the season and the game. And you got a big ass Cody Barton, man. He got his hand on the football, riding the deep cross by the tight end. Didn't get a touchdown, but they got the, got the points. Made it 10-7 Seahawks. Quandre Diggs, man. Can we give him two interceptions? We've been waiting for this man to get his thing going and finally did. Cody Barton has been playing better and better football the last couple of weeks in the passing league, as you mentioned. After a Raiders punt, the Seahawks would drive down the field again and convert on a fourth and one inside the 10. Unfortunately, they would call for an illegal man downfield and would settle for another field goal, making the score 13-7. to Then about the next two minutes were a real bad scene for the Seahawks. Raiders would hit a trick play, flea flicker to Mac Collins, wide open down the left sideline for a 36-yard touchdown from Derek Carr, and the Raiders would jump ahead 14-13. All right, the Hawks would get the, the ball back, and then Geno would get intercepted. He was trying to find Tyler Lockett on this little deep cross, and really, Perriman just played it well. I think they're in like a Tampa 2, Perriman drops to the middle of the field. Tyler Lockett stops running. Geno throws the football. I'm not putting it on Tyler Lockett either. I think either way, uh, that was a horrible decision, but... That's how the game goes sometimes. And the Raiders waste no time. The next play, a nice little outside toss zone type look. They get it to Josh Jacobs. One play, 30 yards, 21-13 Raiders. Yeah, that was a really tough stretch. Scoring two touchdowns in under a minute, essentially. But Geno Smith, like he's done every single time this year, responds like he usually does. 
responds with a seven-play, 75-yard drive, ending with a 35-yard touchdown to Tyler Lockett, just floating it right in the bread basket. An absolute dime from Geno Smith. Get the Seahawks back in the game, down one point, 21-20. Raiders would kick a field goal in the ensuing drive and go into the locker room up 24-20. The Hawks will start the second half with a bang, going seven plays, 75 yards, ending with a 14-yard run by Ken Walker. But honestly, you could have gave that touchdown to every single man up front. Ken <laughs> yeah. Lucas was pulling him. Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, everyone was in there pushing him into the end zone. That made the score 27-24, and you thought the Seahawks were going to have a little momentum there as they took the lead. But as you know, the Raiders were never going away. And the Raiders would drive down the field again, but settle for three and tie the game at 27 to 27. Then a couple punts and the Seahawks put together a nice drive. You're feeling good about it. Nine plays, 64 yards. And then there is a fumble. Too familiar, right? Mm. Two games in a row where you feel like things are starting to change and the Seahawks fumble the ball. There was like a mesh concept going on in the backfield i always put the mesh on the quarterback because you either apply the pressure to pull the ball or you stick it in the running back's gut they drop the ball fumble raiders recover yeah that was a oh gosh that was another huge play and that's something that the seahawks typically haven't done but two weeks in a row they've really hurt themselves turning the football over on the ensuing drive the defense would stand up get a huge fourth down stop on a questionable decision i thought with the Raiders running the football like they were to do an outside little toss play instead of going up the middle. Worked out. Cody Barton, huge stop on that play. And that would turn into points as Geno Smith would find Travis Homer for a nice 18-yard touchdown, making the score 34-27 Hawks. We'll talk about that play specifically in the film room. At that point, I was feeling good. At that point, right when that happened, I thought there was no chance the Seahawks would lose that football game. Unfortunately, bump the Raiders answer back. Yep, they did what they've been doing all day. Actually, this is a shootout, man. They go 10 plays, 75 yards. Uh, Derek Carr finds his tight end in the back of the end zone, ties the game at 34. Now, it looked like it was going to be Geno's time, right? Two minutes on the clock. This is going to be his moment. You drive the ball down the field and get points. But there was a play on second down that I thought was suspect, man. I thought DK made a great catch on the sideline. Uh, the referees looked at it for a long time, too, yeah. man. I, I, I could have sworn there was like a time limit on how long they looked at plays, uh, but I guess they ignore that. Eventually, they ended up saying that DK did not catch the football, and uh, that kind of deterred the whole vibe of that drive. Yeah, that was hard, man. We're thinking about it because they looked at it for so long. I'm thinking, okay, if it's taking this long, then they're not going to find you know indisputable yeah. evidence. Unfortunately, that was not the case for the Seahawks. Gina was sacked on third and five for midfield. And, oh man, and Travis Homer was going to be open there. That was tough. Yeah. So after that, um, Josh Jacobs in overtime bump as the game goes to overtime, seals the deal, 86 yards to the house. That was tough because the Seahawks had opportunities in overtime offensively. They didn't get it done. The Raiders missed a field goal, all that. But, man, Josh Jacobs bump. Holy smokes. That was one of the best games you'll ever see from a running back. Ever. I didn't even realize what I was watching at the time. Like I knew he was having a day, but when you look at the numbers, it really puts it in perspective. The team, the Raiders overall had 576 yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs had himself a day though. He's the fourth player in Super Bowl era with 300 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns in the same game. The first person to do that since who AP in 2007, he finished with 303 scrimmage yards overall. That is a record for the Raiders franchise. Rushed for 229 on 33 carries. And he led the team in receiving, what, 74 yards on six receptions. 
sometimes guys just have a day and Josh Jacobs had one of those days. And now I just realized he's leading the league in rushing right now. Like with all the stuff that's been going on with the Raiders, the injuries, Derek Carr, new head coach. This guy's been putting together a good season. Yeah, I mean, he came into the game third in the NFL in rush yards, but he was, it was quiet. It was a quiet somehow 900 yeah. yards, and he was anything but quiet on Sunday, just setting all kinds of records. I believe that was a record for the Raiders in franchise history in terms of scrimmage yards as well. So it was just – it was tough. It was tough. The Seahawks could not get it done, like we said, falling 30, 40 to 34 to these Raiders. But there was some still some guys who made some plays. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Them what time it is. Holy we'll start with Geno Smith, 27 to 37, 328 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, also had five carries for 22 yards. This was Geno's third game, passing over 300 yards this season. His 328 passing yards is the third highest total in his career. I've been updating this stat every week. He now has nine games with multiple passing touchdowns in a game. He only had seven of those type of games in his first nine seasons, and he also now has 19 touchdown passes on the season. So when you look at the box score, that's all you can ask for from Geno. I mean, he he did his thing. Unfortunately, I think there's some throws that he'd like to have back. You mentioned the interception. There's one that was nearly picked off in the back of the end zone that got overturned. You had the mesh point um, fumble with Ken Walker. But what I love about Geno is he mentioned in postgame, he said he's a thumb guy, pointed the thumb yep. right back at himself, and he took blame for every single thing that happened in that game. We know not all of it was his fault. You play football, there's a lot of, there's 10 other guys on the field with you, so there's a lot of other things that are involved in any given play. But Gino just shows you the type of leader he is. He steps to the podium, you know, when it's hard to talk, you don't want to talk after a loss, after a game, and he, he takes the blame, wears it on himself, and you can't ask for anything more from him, and he's still playing good football. And I just think, you know, we talked about thinking that was going to be his time to lead the Seahawks on a two-minute drill kind of game-winning drive. It unfortunately, didn't work out for the Seahawks, but he's going to have plenty of other opportunities this season, and I feel like he's going to come through. Yeah, Gino's going to be fine. He's having a good season. That loss isn't on him, but that's what leaders do. They step in front. They take all the bullets. I just want Gino to wear a suit next game. I feel like when he was wearing a suit, we won a lot of games. So let's, <laughs> let's go back to a suit. Just one time, get that good mojo back, man. Uh, DK Metcalf had 11 receptions for 90 yards, should have had 12, but like we mentioned, he had a pass that was our reception that was overturned garbage, took them like five minutes to figure it out, but it is what it is. Now Metcalf has passed Steve Largent and Daryl Jackson and now ranks second for the most receiving yards in the players first, first four seasons in Seahawks history. I mean, DK, uh, when it's all said and done, man, he might have every record, um, that a, that you could have as a Seahawk, as a receiver. He well, the, the crazy thing is he he's definitely going to be in second place. I know that for a fact because that's where Tyler is right now. But when you look at those record books, it's like Steve Largent and everybody else. And is yeah. granted, DK is obviously on pace to 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 go on to that route. But Steve Largent's a Hall of Famer. But DK, yeah. he's built different. Bump as as you can see the way they we walks around. That's something that can play a long time in this league. So I, I hope you're right. Yeah, man. Uh, DK's on his way. Tyler Lockett had himself a day as well. Three receptions, 68 yards, one touchdown, a big touchdown, um, a response touchdown, right? That was after that interception thrown by Gino. They come back, drive down the field, get on the board. Um, just love Tyler Lockett, man. Uh, yeah, I was talking to somebody today, Stacy today, and I was telling him how 
his game is sneaky and it's like it's a game that's built for the long run because it's not like he's slowing down he's still making difficult catches uh tyler lock is gonna play like 10 to 13 years in this league easily yeah tyler i mean sneaky's the right word and and because that's how his game is that's why he doesn't get the much of the love as he should across the league the guys who yeah. play the game, the guys who watch the game, the guys who really study tape know how good Tyler is. But nationally, I still think he's underrated just because he's unassuming. He's not a big guy. He's not a me guy. He's not flashy and all that stuff to certain people. But he's a dog, as you know, bump number 16. Ken Walker, he had two big touchdowns we alluded to a little earlier, you know, getting pushed in with the offensive line, the first touchdown in the first offensive possession. So he, he had moments where he played really well, but, you know, he had 14 carries for 26 yards. The, unfortunately, the offensive line, the run game just has not been able to go in the last two weeks. A lot of negative plays. So hopefully the Seahawks can get that shirt up next week. Yeah, it's um it's nice for him to score two touchdowns, but I would love to see like 105 on 20 carries, 25 carries and a touchdown, because that means you're just moving the ball down the field. The run game is a threat. And you take it seriously. Uh, Quandre, six tackles, two interceptions, two passes defended. He needs one more interception to become the only player in the NFL to record at least three interceptions in each of the past six seasons. You know what's funny about Quandre's game? Before the game or sometime during the week, he tweeted out to God. He goes, God, just let me touch the football this week. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the big man answers. So big ups to Quandre and his relationship with the man upstairs. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Everyone always says, what's that saying? You know, turnovers come in bunches. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping so because Quandre Diggs got two in the first quarter. And, you know, it was something we've been waiting for all season because Quandre has had how many seasons in a row? I think five seasons in a row with at least three reception interceptions. So, Quandre, the Seahawks need him to take the ball away. They need him, you know, in the middle of the field. He's one of the best free safeties in the game. So, big ups to Quandre. Hopefully he can keep that going. Staying on defense, Jordan Brooks, man. 16 tackles, one pass offended. And he didn't have any crazy flashy plays, but – he just goes hard on every play. You know, sometimes you can look at tackles and you can say, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily mean a lot. You know, they could be a t- downfield, this and that. But Jordan Brooks is playing well. You know, the Seahawks up front seven has to get their run fits kind of figured out. But for the most part, Jordan Brooks is playing at a high level. He's being more physical. He's being more decisive, you know, in his reads and stuff. So like to see Jordan Brooks getting after it there. And then Cody Barton, 12 tackles. One TFL on that fourth down stop and one pass defended that ended up with a Quandre Diggs interception. So those guys are playing better. It's just, you know how it is, Bump, when it comes to run fits, it is everyone has to be on the same page. That's not just the defensive line. That's not just linebackers. It's the safeties included. So everyone's got to do their job. So hopefully those guys can kind of figure things out and get this thing fixed. Bump, what, what happened in the receiver roundup? All right, let's talk about these pass catchers, man. We mentioned DK, 11 catches, 90 yards on 15 targets. Tyler Lockett had an off day when it comes to efficiency, right? There are a couple of times Geno's looking for him and he gets hit, the ball's in the dirt. But he had three for 68 on seven targets. Marquise Goodwin had three for 48, a long of 21. Travis Homer got into the end zone. Receiving this time, two for 45, one touchdown. Noah Fan three for 34. Uncle Will, two for 17. Kenneth Walker had one for 13. And DJ Dallas had two for 13. Overall, this group, 27 receptions, 328 yards, and two touchdowns, but a long of 35. We need, like, a game with a long of 50, 55, 60. You know, get back to that explosive play. Someone asked me today, they go, 
is DK just a possession receiver now? I go, no, nah, man. I it can look like that because we don't have we haven't had those explosive plays down the field, but they're coming. Just be patient. They're gonna get the ball to 14 down the field. They're trying to do it. I mean, it, it has something to do with how defenses are playing him. You know, if I'm playing the Seahawks in the secondary, whatever I'm playing, if I'm a safety, I'm seeing where 14's at, and I'm gonna yeah. play some cloud or sky and I'm gonna be over the top. So DK is a lot of things, and he's definitely more than just a possession receiver. Let's sure. flip over to that coach's corner. We talked about it earlier. Geno Smith finds Travis Homer on 18-yard touchdown going up 34-27. Homer's in the backfield. Play fake. Homer out in the flat. Far side has it. Turns up field 10. Five. He dies. Touchdown. Seahawks. What a great play call by Shane Waldron. 18 yards out. Everybody thought an inside handoff on a third and one. But a little flip pass into the right flat, and Homer does the rest. Turns up field from 18 out. The Seahawks go on top, 33-27. to 27. Yeah, I like this, man. I like the call. I like the design. It's third and one. Everyone's expecting Ken Walker to get this football right here. They have him on a little offset look, and you got um, Travis Homer behind him. Uh, Ken Walker's off to the right a little bit. I believe this is their 22 personnel. I think there's two tight ends, two running backs in at this point right here. And uh, they fake the handoff to Ken Walker up the gut. And then it looks like Travis Homer's is going to take care of the backside. That's typically what you do, kind of like a split zone type of look. Hand the ball off to Ken Walker going one way, and Travis Homer takes care of the backside of the end. But instead of doing that, he releases out to the flat, and you have a seam by Colby Parkinson that takes the corner with him. All right, so that seam gets everybody deep. You flip it out to Travis Homer in the flats, and the rest is him just getting busy, making a couple guys miss. You picked up a slight little block right there. But I don't even know who that is. 18. Who's 18 over there, man? Is that 18? Yep. Uh, picks up a – who is that? Is that Tread? Uh, yeah, Treadwell, the Treadwell, elevated okay. yeah. uh, on game day. Okay, cool. Uh, picks up a block, and he gets into the end zone. So well-designed play in, in the, the time to call it, too. Clear run situation you're gonna get ken walker the football nope get the other run running other running back the ball in the flats uh, i like it man you're right it's a great play design in that just because given the situation is third and one knowing what the seahawks like to do just that little geno sell really selling the play action putting the ball out if you look at all the linebackers everyone is preoccupied takes a reset they're up the field and that was just enough time you mentioned the scene by colby parkinson occupying the corner the safety is trying to get over the top. He sees Homer, but that's a long way to go. And like you say, Homer just gets busy at the end of the play, gets finds a way to get in the end zone. Love the play called by Shane Waldron. And it just shows what they can do when they have multiple tight ends on the field. They can be multiple. They can do a lot of good things out there on the field. So great pitch and catch, good run by Travis Homer. And you know what I want to say about Travis Homer? We give him a lot of love for his, for his third downs and his pass uh, protection abilities. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He might be the best yeah. catching re receiver running back on this roster. Oh, DJ used to be a receiver. I Better know. Be careful. I, I'm just saying <laughs> when I see just he just looks explosive. I, I'm just yeah. I wouldn't maybe it's more because I don't expect it from him. Yeah. But when he's out there, I just feel like I don't know. I have a lot of trust and, and faith in Travis, and he's looking pretty good right now. And man, uh, we got away from this for four weeks, and unfortunately, we're back in it for the second week in a row. Unfortunately, the clock just ran out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man, there's a lot of reasons why the Seahawks did not get it done on Sunday. Didn't come down to just a couple plays. You know, defensively, they couldn't get the job done, allowing the third most yards in team history with 576. Josh Jacobs had the best game of his life with 303 yards from scrimmage. They just couldn't get the stops that they needed. You know, it was it was tough to see, especially because that's not how Pete Carroll teams and anyone in this locker room wants to play a football game. But unfortunately, they just couldn't get the stops and couldn't couldn't contain Jacobs the way they needed to to get a win on Sunday. Yeah, they took care of Devontae. And then Josh said, don't worry, I'll pick up the slack. That's exactly what happened. Were some plays, there were some plays made on defense, man. Diggs had two interceptions, uh, but couldn't really get the Raiders off the field on third down either. They were pretty good on third downs. Um, offensively, the Hawks still put up a lot of points, though. But they couldn't get the job done. Scoring one time in the final five possessions. Uh, there was no rhythm or flow as a game got later into the third, into the fourth quarter, it was almost like this offense had the hiccups and couldn't really get going. Yeah, that, that's tough. When it was winning time, unfortunately, the Seahawks couldn't get it done offensively. After that homer touchdown, the Seahawks really couldn't do anything the final couple drives. It was a big tell-the-truth Monday here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Hawks got to flush it because there's, they got the Rams coming up this week, and it's a huge battle in the NFC West. Yes, the Rams haven't looked good. They've lost five in a row bump, but you always know they play the Seahawks tough. I don't care if the Rams are playing with their water boys, okay? You got to be ready to go because the Rams play their best football against these guys. And um, I'm excited, man, because I think there are some games ahead that they can win. So, like you said, flush it. Tell us you Monday. Let's get to work on Tuesday. Yep, looking forward to it. Hopefully the Seahawks, like we said, can get it done. We'll get you prepped for everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Rams on Wednesday. We get into the preview podcast. Until then, he's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Chobi. This has been the recap edition of Hawk Talk. Talk to you on Wednesday.